Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. So, Jim, many women wonder, what makes men seem so angry? How do you explain the apparent number of angry men out there and how they should deal with their anger? Thanks, Paul. The quick answer is loss of control. Someone or something has caused me to lose control of my time, my health, my freedom. I have lost control. Here's a story. My wife and I were driving across the busy bridge. The traffic suddenly came to a stop. I could see in my rearview mirror that a little Volkswagen behind me was just barely able to stop. And then I heard a crunch. The truck behind the Volkswagen hit the Volkswagen's rear end, where the engine is located. Like an explosion, the door of the Volkswagen flew open and out came the biggest beast of a man I've seen in a long time. He charged back to the truck, pulled the door open, yanked the driver, who we discovered later was drunk, from his seat and began punching him in the face. Soon all traffic stopped. I jumped out and ran back to try and intervene. By the time I arrived, Big Beast was bashing drunk man's face with his fist and blood was flowing. The height of the bridge, the sudden motion, and the excitement caused my wife to get vertigo. We had to pull over and rest after the accident for her head to clear. We both agreed we live in an angry world. But what does the Bible say about anger? Is anger a sin? Well, Pablo, Psalm 37, 8 says, Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. We seem to believe anger is a justifiable masculine trait. Everyone gets angry, people claim. It's normal to get angry. Anger is universal. Anger ruins people's lives more than many other emotions. Proverbs 15:17 says and this is my translation better is a dinner of vegetables where love is than a steak dinner with hatred Proverbs 17:1 says better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict anger not only destroys homes it ruins health Paul, the doctors tell us that over 50 diseases are related to tensions produced by anger or fear, such as high blood pressure, heart attacks, arthritis, kidney stones, even bleeding ulcers. How many men have injured themselves physically or emotionally because of anger? Anger also causes bitterness. Hebrews 12, 14, 15 says, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. That poisonous root of bitterness can flow through a person's body and make them sick. Consider Ephesians 4, 22-27. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. Wow. Before you tell us more on how to deal with anger, Jim, let me remind our listeners that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. For a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Here's a suggestion. Think of the person who makes you angry. And insert that name in place of the word, the devil. Anger against the person is giving the devil a foothold to control your emotions. The person you are angry against is also giving a foothold to control your emotions. Notice the tie between telling lies and anger. Even the truth said to another person without love can irritate. Love radiates in the tone of the voice. Some of you can quickly sense, even over the radio, whether I'm speaking to you in anger or in love. Verse 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Some men will hold back showing public displays of anger, but can slice with sarcasm or cut people to shreds with wicked humor. The Apostle Paul says further in Ephesians 4, Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And then in verse 31, it adds, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. Let's look at four men in the Bible who did get angry and yet did not sin. First, Moses. In Exodus 32:19, it says, When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. Moses was so angry, but his anger led to action. His anger was against the idolatry of the people, so he took the golden calf they had made, burned it with fire, ground it to a powder, and made the sons of Israel drink it. His anger became energy for action to rid the camp of disobedience to God. Second story, Jonathan. 1 Samuel 20.34 says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want David to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death, Jonathan asked his father. 
What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last Jonathan realized that his father was determined to kill David. Stick with me. Saul's anger is bad anger. Agreed. But then it says, Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that second day of the festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior toward David. Jonathan was angry with the foolishness of his father and used that anger to motivate him to go and warn David and spare David's life. Third story, Nehemiah. Nehemiah 5.6, when I heard their complaints, I was very angry. Nehemiah was angry when he heard how many children were being sold into slavery to repay loans at exorbitant interest rates. Nehemiah's anger motivated him to take action against the severe immoral act. What makes us angry? Do we get angry about abortion, sodomy, immorality? Or do we only get angry if someone doesn't squeeze the tube of toothpaste the right way? Fourth story, it's of Jesus in Luke 19, 45 to 46. Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Once again, we see that anger motivates to affirmative biblical action. How then do we solve the anger issue? Anger is a loss of control. Something happens or someone does something that is perceived as wrong or even harmful to us, and we lose control over the event or the person. Anger is one of the stages of grief that often follows a loss. How we respond is the key. Many life events are beyond our control. How we respond is within our control. Never go to sleep angry, the scriptures say. If you go to bed angry, it festers inside. The English word fester (laughs) means decay or rot. Anger eats away at you. It cannibalizes your body, your brain, your spirit. Anger destroys you. Anger becomes a habit that controls you even more than tobacco or heroin. Jim, here's a quote I heard from Chuck Swindoll. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, the education, the money, the circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Amen. Let's agree together as brothers to begin a Philippians 4.8 habit. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about 
things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Anger reminds me, Paul, of electricity. Out of control, anger, like electricity, can kill. But when we gain control of our anger, we can redirect the energy of this God-given emotion to do good. Thanks, Jim. There you have it for now, men. We become alive when the Lord is in control of our emotions, especially helping us redirect anger to energy to serve Him until we see Him face to face. We need to be conformed to the image of Jesus our Lord. For a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.